<laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Morbid Moment. Or just another morbid moment. I'm still not sure about a the in front of it. I should really commit. You should really. Yeah. I think that's one of those things that, like, most podcasts decide on before they start podcasting. Oh. Well, too bad. We're professionals. Speaking of professionals, I already have a small uh, thing that I wanted to point out, and that's that for once it's not our fault, but iTunes is not up dating our uh, podcast in a timely manner for some reason. I hope I've fixed it, but it's been like two weeks since we recorded the last episode. Maybe three now? It's been something weird. It's been a long time and it still hasn't shown up. So, you can still see all of our uh, all of our episodes uploaded on time on SoundCloud, but iTunes, we're still working out the kinks in the system. It's not us. It's not us for once, though, and that <laughs> makes me happy. <sighs> Everything else is us. <laughs> we had a lot of sound tests. We had this a morning. lot of sound tests today. I mean, it's obviously Toki's fault, but uh, it took well, a lot of time. So, uh, in case everyone has forgotten, my name is Katie Nyborg, but everyone on the internet knows me as Stick. This is Red, the ever uncredited, and somewhere around here is Toki, the sound guy, doing his job as and, usual. And hopefully, you can hear all of us. Hopefully you can hear all of us today. And uh, since we've gone through a couple of these episodes, I realize we haven't really said much about ourselves, so I thought that this morning we would have <laughs> a little bit of a meet and greet. A little ice, like icebreaker game. Icebreaker games. game. And we're going to have it be creepy themed because this is a spooky podcast about spooky stuff. I, so. I do like that better than regular icebreaker games. Mm -hmm. Usually it's like, what's your favorite color? Well, my favorite is from? my favorite is two truths and a lie. I I slay at that game. She's too good. I'm really good at that game. I I've never lost. She has too many wacky truths. <laughs> no one can ever guess which one is <laughs> the lie. Uh, so I thought today I would like to know what is one thing that you are afraid of that not a lot of other people are afraid of. Oh. You think? That's what we're doing? That's what we're starting with. All right, do we both have to answer this, or is yes. it just me? Okay. Yes. Are you going to go first, or am I going to go do first? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Oh, boy. Okay, so the one thing one thing that freaks me out that I don't think a lot of people share is... I icebreaker games. Icebreaker games. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, though. <laughs> that is true. No, no. I was going to say atom bombs and the horrible radiation effects that come with them. Like Hiroshima That's and all true. of that stuff freaks me the hell out. Like, I mean, you know, to be fair. It's really freaky. I don't think anyone's like, wow, that's awesome. But not many people have panic attacks when trying to play Fallout. I got a little freaked out. It's it's rough. I'm getting better, but I just, I have, I think after seeing a whole documentary and doing an entire unit on Hiroshima in... Tiny, high school, oh, high school history class. It really blew my mind and also scarred me for life. And I've never quite gotten over that. Um, You're getting a little better, though. I'm getting better. She doesn't, you know, totally avoid standing near the microwave when it's on. <sighs> I just worry. I don't want to get cooked, man. I don't want to get cooked. It's okay. Someday I'll do an episode all about radiation to oh. to creep myself out. So, Red, what do you, what, what freaks you out? Well, I mean, as much as, uh, I just kind of made fun of, or tried to sort of make fun of you for radiation, and I have definitely made fun of you for it in the past, mm -hmm. 
Mine's much sillier, I mm. think. Um, I'm a huge animal nut. I love animals. I've worked with animals, domestic and wild and injured and healthy. Like Animals are my jam. Snakes have been my favorite animals since I was a tiny little kid. For sure. Um, I love spiders. I love big, scary animals. I like, you know, I've always wanted to... Oh, you should have seen me the, the first time I actually got to hold a tarantula. She I was just... so happy I was there. It was like a dream come true. <laughs> it really was. All but the kids were like, feet. oh. But I was, like, enamored. Um, I've caught snapping turtles ill-advisedly with my bare hands when I was younger. Just all that kind of stuff. But... I work with dead animals a lot in my art, skin and bones and... But... But... I have a horrible, crippling phobia fear of tiny, harmless bugs. Oh. It's pretty bad. Like, the tinier they are... The worse it is. And the more harmless they are, the worse it is. Like... That's rough, buddy. Like, if a tarantula showed up in my house, I'd be all good. I'd probably be pretty excited. You'd be excited. I'd scoop that guy up for much faster than I probably should. But if there's two... And it's got to be more than one. Mm-hmm. So, like, if there are two baby spiders in my line of sight, or one ant... Yikes. I freak out a lot to the point where, like, I can't see. Eee. And so, like, there was famously one time where some youth group or whatever that I was taking part in when I was in junior high or high school and it was kind of modeled after fear factor so they oh, like no. they brought in a pig's head that that the participants Easy. had to like shave and do stuff to yeah. they brought in tarantulas they brought Done. in all these silly things and I was like laughing and taunting them cuz they were my friends uh-huh. you know that's what you do um right that is what you do oh. <laughs> taunt your friends when they're frightened <laughs> But some friends do that. But then they brought in a, like, as the main, it worked up to, like, the main event, and they brought in a contain a little container of mealworms. No! And everybody started laughing, because it was, like, no big deal for them. But in the front of the audience, I went dead silent. Oh. And they were, like... I can't even remember what they had to do with the mealworms because they were just little... Probably just, like, stick their finger in it. Yeah, I think they had to, like, pick them up with chopsticks or something. Oh. But still, like, they were so, you know, tickled by this and unafraid that they threw one into the audience. (gasps) And I jumped backwards out of my chair somehow and started hysterically crying and shaking. And everybody then got to laugh at me because I'd been teasing them the whole day. I mean, I totally deserved it, but... Oh, wow, this... That got... So you got a whole story. Wow. Good episode, everybody. Okay. There's your morbid moment. I feel a little bad now. We can all go home now. Okay. That's all right. We're about to redeem ourselves. Um, and I wanted to also ask, what is one thing that freaks a lot of people out that you are not scared of at all? I think everything else I just named. Everything else you just named. You really did have it. Creepy crawlies. Creepy crawlies, dead things. Lizards. Snakes. Giant animals. Bones. Bones. Yeah germs fearless i should really wear gloves oh god she's got to wear gloves guys i don't she doesn't okay uh well the one thing that a lot of people are freaked out by that i am not freaked out by is clowns oh no i think that clowns are nice oh that's a good one you know what everyone's scared of clowns but i was taught as a child that clowns are lovely people they're to entertain no way no they're fine Mm -mm. they're just they're just dudes in makeup i even had a friend 
that was a clown, a professional clown. My mother was she, a clown I'm for a little bit. Surprised, yeah. For a little while, she was like gonna, you know, recommend me to clown school, and I was gonna try clowns. And then I grew up and realized what a terrible, horrible, masochistic idea that would be. And <laughs> no, I just I was thinking about it, and if like some guy. Okay, let I was me. Gonna say. <laughs> no, no. If I was if I was walking around normally and like some clown was following me around, that would be everyone's worst nightmare. But I would just be like, "Who is this douchebag?" Oh in a my clown god, outfit? I would, I would, I would and have get, nightmares while awake. I would get so mad. Not, I wouldn't be scared. I'd just get mad that some asshole is dressed up as a clown and probably trying to freak me out. All like, right, so who's then, this douchebag? But if some normal guy was following me around, I'd be like, "Shit." What does he want? Am oh, I gonna get that's, murdered? That's funny. So, so like, like, I don't know. Clowns don't freak me out. All right. I'm well, cool. that you do have that. You can have that title, okay. and you will, can protect me from clowns. I will. You just just punch him right in the squeaky nose. Right in the squeaky nose. Okay. So that leads us not very flawlessly into our episode. Yeah, that's, that's not really... about clowns or insects or radiation or whatever the other one was all creepy crawlies um but we are going i'm going to uh be talking about the watsika wonder watsika watsika i know watsika uh the watsika wonder is the first documented case of spiritual possession really yeah well the first documented case okay i guess i do want to Oh, I guess that's different than demon possession. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say this. I'm sorry to tell you. There's been a lot of demon possessions. kind of old. (laughs) No, no. Uh, This is spiritual possession, so we're talking spirit. Okay. Ghost sort of thing, and not like a demon from hell that wants to make your life miserable. Got it. Okay. So, less the exorcist, more... I can't think of a movie where this has happened. Watsika. Wacky, wacky. I would like to throw out a quick trigger warning. Uh, I am going to be talking a little bit about cutting because like that as happens in, as in self harm, self harm. Uh, as that happens to someone in this story, it's not huge. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. But if you're trying to avoid that for any reason, just to let you know, it's in there a little bit. Good, good thinking there. Cool, cool. So, uh, f- this is a two part story. First part, I'm going to tell you about. A girl named Mary Roth. Uh, Mary was born on October 8th in uh, 1849. She was probably born with epilepsy. And that really sucks, especially in uh, 1849, because epilepsy was a thing that people knew about, but no one really knew how to treat it. Brains are tricky. Brains? We didn't really understand brains then. We also didn't have a lot of medication or very... We didn't have a lot, much in the way of sophisticated science to try and figure that whole thing out. So, if you had epilepsy, it just kind of sucked Super for your sucked. whole life. Mary Roth had seizures since uh, she was six months old. Ooh. They were, at first, they were just small fits like muscle spasms and some uncontrolled movement. But they got worse and worse as she got older. And at around age 10, she was having full-blown epileptic seizures yes uh that happened at least once every four days at the most it would happen once or twice a day it was really rough really 
hard life, really Sorry, physically Mary. exhausting, you know, really emotionally exhausting. It was not easy. And her poor parents loved her a lot and tried to take as best care of her as they could. But again, no one really knew what to do with seizures, so they could only just try to make her comfortable and keep an eye on her and hope that do whatever they could to help. Okay. So, uh, because she was having seizures all the time, she would always be exhausted and she was usually kind of depressed. Um, she, you know, was known to be sad and despondent for days afterward, after she'd have one of her seizures. Uh, she channeled her depression by playing sad songs on the piano. Oh! <laughs> but she was really, really good at Oh. Because when she was healthy, she was a really smart student and a really good learner. She was a very, you know, polite, lovely young lady. And so it was just really sad that she had terrible epilepsy. Aww. It was very hard on her family, but they obviously loved her a bunch. That's good. Uh, when, she was f- when she was 15 years old, um, her epileptic fits were even get- getting even more scary and more violent. At this point, you know, they had a lot of doctors coming in to try and see what was wrong with her, but they could now get to figure it out, and all of their treatments failed. A popular treatment, this is an example of how we didn't really understand medicine, um, a popular treatment at the time was bloodletting. Hey, good old bloodletting. Which has been around for freaking ever. And I'm always surprised that it continued to be around even after we moved away from the four humors thing. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, this is... Well, I know that it's, like, used in genuine medical practices Mm -hmm. yeah this was um this is more this is not the genuine medical practice we know today so much as blood brain levels and yeah this is sort of just like what you did okay like everyone was into bloodletting put a leech on it. put a leech on it and you know that's the basic idea is that if you're sick maybe it's something in your blood and if you get some of your blood out it can help get some of the sickness out or improve blood flow or all this sort of okay. pseudoscience. They were trying. They were trying. Didn't have a lot to work with. Um, by age 18, Mary was so used to bloodletting that she'd just apply leeches to herself. <laughs> she could do it. Um, and she liked to apply leeches to her temples especially oh. to relieve what she called the lump of pain in the head. Oh. So she probably also had terrible headaches, maybe migraines. Yikes. Not surprised. Um, But she also got so used to the leeches that she liked treating them like pets. They had little little names and she talked to them and probably loved feeding them. Oh, gross. (laughs) It cheered her up so no one one stopped her. They're like, you know, let her her have her leech friends. Uh, It's cool. You know what's funny? Hmm. Leeches kind of fall into my things that creep me out. Oh. They could, they Leeches are creepy. I didn't always have that fear, though. You know, my family liked to go camping, and they'd fish a lot, and they would usually get some leeches for bait, and and I always thought they were kind of neat, because they looked like little snakes. And my mom, at one point, heard me go, Mom, look, it's kissing me! Ah! And she turned around, and I had a bunch of leeches stuck all over my hands. (laughs) And that's why you're here. (laughs) Now I would, like... I don't have the bravery of my former naive self, oh, that's... but... <laughs> so you and Mary would have had something to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I do, I do see where she could be friends with little, little leech yeah, friends. they're kind of cute. Especially if she's not, like, going out and seeing other humans so much. Probably not a whole lot. 
Alright, well, so that's that's where Mary was at. Okay. That's our dear Mary, Mary Roth. Um, in July of 1867, unfortunately, in one of her uh, depressive states, she secretly took a knife out of the backyard and cut her arm open. Yikes. Really badly. Uh, she bled until she fainted, and they found her and brought her inside. Five hours later, she woke up and became, quote, a raving maniac of the most violent kind. Whoa! She was so violent that a bunch of buff dudes had to come in and hold her down. And she only weighed about 100 pounds, so Yikes. she was just a- angry, thrashing. Yikes. Not cool. This lasted for five days. Oh. I don't know if you told me this part of the story before. There's, You're going to learn some stuff that you don't know about. Okay. So after that fit, when she finally calmed down after whatever was going wrong with her, she acted naturally. She was very calm. She was totally capable of doing everything that she could do before. But the weird part was that she didn't seem to quite realize that other people were around. Or she was acting kind of weird and like she couldn't quite hear right. And her parents noticed that her eyes were never moving. She wasn't looking at things, but she was able to pick them up and interact with them normally, which is pretty weird. Huh. So she uh, was getting dressed just fine. She could pick up little pins off of her desk. So they decided to do what any normal curious person would do and blindfold her and say, okay, go get dressed. So did they think she was... Okay. Yeah, they're thinking, okay, well, they're trying to figure out, is she blind? So they blindfolded her and asked her to get dressed like normal. And she did as well as if she could see. She did it as well as she always could. Okay. Put her hair up all nice and navigated through all of her drawers just fine. And she did it perfectly, even though there was a thick, heavy blindfold on her. Huh. So, you know, you're probably thinking, all right. Muscle memory. That's weird. She's probably just got her her stuff memorized because she gets dressed every day. One of her doctors asked her to read an encyclopedia entry while blindfolded. So she looked up the word blood in the index flipped to the right page, and read the entire entry while blindfolded. Huh. So now you're probably thinking, okay, (laughs) that's getting kind of weird. Uh-huh. But, you know, she was a weirdo with pet leeches. Maybe maybe she memorized the entry for blood and, like, knew how many pages to turn to. (laughs) You know, maybe she was really smart and had a good memory. So, at this point, this is pretty weird. Rumors are going out. People are hearing about it. Press and doctors and journalists and intellectual types are showing up at the Roth house to see what's up with this weird girl that had a crazy seizure and now can see without seeing. Yeah. And they ran her through all sorts of tests. So this is where the Watsika Wonder comes in, I imagine. Well, actually, the Watsika Wonder comes in a little later, but... We'll get to that. All right. Yeah, so all these people are in her house trying to test her and see what the heck's going on. Um, the One of the famous tests is that they uh, gave her a bunch of old letters that she'd gotten from her friends 
and they mixed them up and they handed them to her to read while she was blindfolded. And even while they were all mixed up, she read them all correctly and without any hesitation as if she could see them just fine. Weird. Pretty freaking weird. So this was- Did anybody ask her, like, hey, are you blind? (laughs) I don't know. I didn't find anything (laughs) like that, but I imagine someone would have had to. Huh. I just, I don't know. Okay. I never, I didn't find much about that. I do know that this was taken, uh, weirdly by the community. They, you know, some people thought this was a huge miracle and really awesome, but a lot of people thought she was kind of a freak. Yeah, I could, I could see that. And a lot of people urged her parents to put her in an insane asylum because (laughs) she was sick and probably crazy. That is also just sort of what you did with yeah. sick people back then, is or stick really, them in an asylum. really any people that you didn't know what to do with. Yeah. You, I mean, you got stuck in near an asylum for being a woman, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. Good old hysteria. Hey. But her parents said no. They're gonna keep her. It's gonna be okay. Unfortunately, a year later, Mary had a really bad seizure and died in her bed while her parents were away on a three-day trip. Whoops. And it's really sad because the parents never forgave themselves because, you know, if yeah. they hadn't left, maybe she wouldn't have died. And they seem like the type where, you know, they want to be home with her mm-hmm. and taking care of her since they, they are so, like, dedicated to her. I'm sure they're like, oh, we haven't had a vacation in so many years. And their friends are like, you should go. You should treat yourself. It's just going to be three days. It'll be fine. Yeah, it wasn't fine. She died and it was very sad. Okay. You're like, okay, that's a weird story. I was gonna say, tune in next time. Nope, that's not where this story ends. Like I said, there are two parts to the story. The first part was Mary Roth. Now we're gonna talk about Lurancy. 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 Her actual name was Mary Lurancy Venom. Hey, Tale of Two Marys! Tale of Two Marys. Mary and Mary. Uh, Venom, her last name is spelled V-E-N-N-U-M. For anyone. Not the cool way. Not the cool way, but still a pretty rockin' that's, last name. It's pretty, that's pretty cool. So, I'm not sure why, but from a very early age, they didn't call her by her first name. Everyone called her Lorancy. Probably because there was a thousand million Marys. Mm-hmm. It was a very popular name. Uh, she was born on April 16th, 1864, over a year before Mary Roth died. Okay. Uh, she had a very healthy childhood, aside from getting measles once. Uh, other than that, she never got sick. She was a perfectly well-adjusted little kid. But on July... But? (laughs) But on July 11th, 1877, when she was 13, she told her family that the night before, there had been people in her room calling her name and that she felt them breathing in her face. Eek! That night, she got out of bed and told her parents that she couldn't sleep because people were calling her name again. Her mom, probably thinking that this was just her kid being afraid of the dark or something, went to go went to go sit with her in bed, and then Laurency fell asleep, and it was okay. The night passed unsuc- or unsuccessfully. <laughs> uneventfully. <laughs> so, that was fine. The next day, she was in the middle of helping her mom with chores... When all of a sudden she stopped and told her mom that she felt very weird and very bad and then immediately collapsed into a seizure. Oh, 
Yeah, there's that... What's it? The... Not an aura. The thing that... The the weird way that you feel before seizures happen. Mm. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yep. Uh, all of her muscles seized up and she couldn't move. And she was stuck in a rigid state for about five hours. Oh, God. Yeah. When she finally woke up from this, um, she was okay. But she said that she still felt really strange. Um, she slept without incident for the rest of the night. Probably because she was fucking exhausted. Exhausted, yeah. And then the next day it happened again. Yikes. Only this time, while she was stuck in that rigid state, she was awake and she could talk to her parents. She des- That's very weird. She described another place that she was seeing where she thought that she was and she talked about all of the people and spirits that she could see there. Among those that she could see, uh, she mentioned her dead brother, whom she was able to name and describe perfectly, which was weird because he had died when she was only three years old and her parents didn't talk about him very much. Huh. She had a lot of trances like this as the year went on. Uh, Sometime in November of that same year, she started having awful stomach pains and attacks that would just cause her to contort in absolute misery. More very bad seizures. Uh, this happened for this happened for a solid two weeks until she finally passed into another quiet trance. Yikes. Uh, she went in and out of trances for a couple of months. This just sort of just kept going on. Um, they happened three to eight times a day. Oh my god. And lasted anywhere from one to eight hours. Wow. Uh, whenever she was in the state, she said that the people she could see were angels and spirits, and that she was in heaven. Okay. Uh, I guess that's better than the alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes she did also, uh, speak in other languages, or just spout nonsense that no one could understand. Mm-hmm. It was pretty scary. Dramatic. Dramatic. Uh, this, and because it was so dramatic, this case got a ton of attention, um, which was basically split into two groups of people. The first group of people thought that Lorancy was fucking bug nuts <laughs> and should probably be put in an asylum. This included do- her doctors, oh. relatives, family friends, and a lot of people in the community. Oops. I think even their preacher said, you should probably send her to an asylum. Yikes. She so crazy. Is, is this the Watsika wonder? This is t- turning into the Watsika wonder. The wonder is about to happen. Okay. Uh, so the other group of people that were really interested in Lorancy were the spiritualists. Because this was uh, the point in time where everyone was really into communicating with the dead. Okay. This is when seances were at their height- when, like, everyone wanted to talk to their dead family members. It's very chic. Very chic. Ghosts very were chic. Rich people would just go and try and hold seances in their parlors all the time. Oh, okay. Um, you know, everyone wanted to communicate with the dead. And uh, it was very profitable to be a spiritualist or a medium, as mm-hmm. they're called. Someone who can, in theory, you know, reach over the veil of death yeah. and communicate with whatever spirits are over there. Uh, there were a lot of f- fake mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know if I could say anything about if there were any real mediums, but that's, you know, as the story will go on. I can leave that up to your interpretation. <laughs> your mileage may vary. Your mileage may vary. Um, so a lot of spiritualists were interested in Lorancy because they thought she was manifesting medium mystic abilities. All right, baby mystic. Baby mystic. Um, her family was not interested <laughs> in mediums and spiritualists or ghosts or talking to people from beyond the grave. They pretty much said, "No, we no, don't thanks. want your we don't want your nonsense. Leave our daughter alone. You're encouraging She's her. <laughs> not going to go talk to dead people. That's no That's no none silly. of that." So, on uh, January 21st of 1878, their neighbors asked them to let one particular doctor to take a look at Lorancy. So this doctor's name was E. Winchester Stevens. All right. Dr. Stevens. Uh, he's the guy who actually wrote the account from where most of this information comes from. Okay. He wrote very extensively on this because he got to study her for a long time. So this doctor was interesting because in addition to being, you know, a normal doctor, he was also a practicing spiritualist. Oh, okay. He, he kind of doubled. Um, <laughs> Those are two realms that should cross absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, the Venoms didn't really want to talk to any spiritualists, but their neighbor convinced them to let this guy in and just see if he could take a look, because maybe if it is spirits, he'll be able to do something that the other doctors haven't been able to do. So, the Venom family agreed. And uh, the neighbor brought the doctor over to the house, and he checked out the situation and decided that Lorancy was a vessel through which the dead were trying to communicate. Okay, thanks, Doc. Thanks, Doc. Uh, he mesmerized her, which is probably through hypnosis, mm -hmm. um, to try and communicate with the spirits that were hanging out in her body, sort of see what was going on. Uh, the first spirit that talked back through Lorancy, or the first spirit that Lorancy sounded like, mm -hmm. depending on how you want to take this, was a foul-mouthed old woman who <laughs> called herself Katrina Hogan. Okay. She insulted everyone. Just, All right. Your mother sucks cocks in hell sort All of thing. All right. You know, though, um, I think if I was somebody pretending to or thought that they were channeling spirits. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Maybe even if I was a spirit, that's absolutely what I would do. Oh yeah, just insult everyone? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be like, oh yeah, but I'm possessed. Definitely. You're all a bunch of fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um and so Katrina Hogan hung out for a little while. Um, but eventually she left and a second spirit voice stepped in. Um, according to what Lorancy was saying as him, he was a young man named Willie Canning, and he said that he'd committed suicide. Oh my. Uh, Lorancy talked in this guy's voice for over an hour before wow. she finally collapsed. Wow. After all of this, I'm sure Dr. Stevens is like, well, just another day in the office. <laughs> Spiritual <laughs> possession. All right. Textbook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, after, after all of that, Dr. Stevens suggested, like, okay, while Lorancy is channeling all of these spirits, how about she try to find a good spirit to inhabit her body instead of a bad spirit? Instead of Miss Hogan over there. Boy. So, Lorancy agreed, 
because that sounded like, you know, a good idea. Uh, she closed her eyes, and when she opened them again, she looked over at the neighbor who'd brought the doctor over, and she said, Father, it's me, Mary Roth. Oh. Plot twist. Alright. So, it turns out, the reason the neighbor had brought the spiritualist doctor over was because he was Mr. Roth. And he was interested in Laurency because she was acting a lot like his daughter Mary did before she died. Alright. He didn't want to see, you know, the tragedy of his daughter's death happen to another little girl that's right next door to him. Oh my goodness. So, that's how that happened. Okay. <laughs> so... This is where the Watsika Wonder comes in. Now we have a little girl, Laurency, claiming that she is Mary Roth. So this stuck around then. She really seemed to believe that she was Mary. Like, she didn't recognize the Venom house at all, and she got really freaked out whenever she was left with them because she thought the Venoms were a bunch of strangers. And she just kept tearfully asking to go back home to her family. Wow. How old is she? Um, the little girl, Laurency, is 13. 13? Okay. Yeah. Wow. And Mary was 8, 19 when she died. Okay. So, uh, when Mary's mother and sister heard about all of this and went over next door to go see what was going on, the girl... Laurency, maybe Mary. I'm still not sure what to call her at this point. Yeah. Mary uh, called her sister by a nickname that no one had called her since Mary had died. Wow. That's kind of some inside information she shouldn't have known. And she hugged them like they were her real mom and sister, like they were family. She was so happy to see them. Okay. And so it was really easy to believe that the spirit of Mary Roth had actually taken over Laurency's body. Yeah. She wanted to be with the Roth family so bad. She's, she's either possessed mm -hmm. by a spirit or really just needs to, like, grow up and become an actress. Or, this is either a crazy spirit possession or the greatest con of all time. For Like, that's some dedication. I don't think I was dedicated <coughs> to anything that much when I was 13. Mm -mm. No, she, uh, and she was so, she seems so much like Mary that the Venom family actually let her go live with the Roths for a few months. <laughs> like, she acted so little like their daughter that she was like, okay, go. Just go. Just, just go. Be with your family. Weird other, other kid. You know, they, they, um, you know, the girl that came to go live with the Roth family knew everything about them, like you'd expect if it was really Mary Roth. Uh, she could remember things that happened before Laurency was even born. Wow. She remembered old Roth family, friends, and relatives from back before they moved to Watsika, which is why it's the Watsika Wonder, because they live in Watsika. Watsika, hey. Yep, and in the old house, she picked up all of her old Mary Roth routines, like she'd never left. And she, the Venom family would visit because at least the body of their kid was there and they wanted to see her mm -hmm. um and M mary kept acting like the venoms were strangers that she'd never met before and eventually she warmed up to them because they visited so often but it would still be like you know they're the nice neighbor people yeah that she that are very kind to her and not like they're her parents 
with all this going on, here are my three favorite parts from this story that I think makes this whole thing worth it. Okay, let me get comfy here. All right. Let me just shift around a little bit. All right. Liam on me. Okay. Number one. While all of this was happening, she did not have a single seizure. <laughs> and she was having a multiple times a day for Multiple hours. times a day. Hours. Just ages. She didn't have a single seizure. In fact, her health improved really dramatically while she was staying with the Roth family. Wow. She, you know, eating, eating well. She got much stronger. She just, she was great. Okay. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. Number two. Mary, assuming this is Mary, she kind of knew what she was doing and that she warned the Roth family pretty early on that she couldn't stay forever. She told them that she could only be with them until sometime in May and eventually was able to explain that Lorancy would be coming back then. Huh. So she knew that she was there for a limited amount of time and eventually Lorancy was going to come back. When they asked her where Lorancy was while Mary was inhabiting her body, Mary said that Lorancy was in heaven getting better. Um, She's been for an oil change. Yep, she, she uh, up. said that Lorancy needed to heal before she could come back, and Mary was helping her out because she understood the sickness that was plaguing her because the same thing had happened to her. Wow, okay. So yeah, she's uh, set just cooking... Cook it in heaven. She'll come come out when she's done. When the timer dings. Yep. Um, and then number three. This is my favorite. And by far the weirdest. So one time, Mary was talking to Dr. Stevens about that time that she cut herself with the knife. Uh, she asked him if he'd ever seen where she did it. And he said no. So she lifted up her sleeve as if she was going to show him where the scar is. And then she stopped and realized what she was doing and said, this is not the arm. That one's in the ground. <gasps> and then she, and then she was able to tell Dr. Stevens where she was buried and how it had been done and who was at the funeral oh my. and how they were all feeling. Oh my God. <laughs> And she said that she didn't feel bad about being buried and the whole funeral thing. It, it, it was just what needed to happen. She also told uh, Mr. Roth, her father, that she had attempted to contact him through a spirit medium several years before that. And Mr. Roth was able to confirm that he did, in fact, go see that exact spirit medium at that time. And oh they my. did give him the exact message that Mary Roth is talking about. Oh my god, are you serious? Yes. I'm creeped out. <laughs> Isn't that? That's like it was weird until now, but it's reached into another. You like your microphone. Oh no. So yeah, it was weird until now, but we've reached a level where it has sort of crossed over into upsetting. Uh, yikes! Very strange. Very interesting. Very specific. Very specific. <laughs> so eventually, in early May, uh, when she had told the Roth family that she'd have to go. She got really sad and hugged everyone a lot and said a lot of goodbyes. And then when it was time for her to go, she had her sister walk her across the street uh, to the Venom house. And uh, once there, she, uh, Mary Roth, vanished. 
and Lorancey came back and she hugged her family, her real family, like she hadn't seen them in ages and life kind of went back to normal for her. Weird. She wasn't really able to explain what had happened to her in the three months that she had been possessed, but she described it um, as though it felt like she was in a very long dream. Weird. Because spiritualism was so big, a lot of people told her and the Venom family that she should pursue an avenue of, uh, and pursue her abilities as a spirit medium, but she was never really interested in that, much like her family. I was gonna say, which is interesting, because you'd think that if this was some sort of con, Mm -hmm. she'd be like, oh yeah, I can continue this- I can talk to dead people. Look at me. I can continue this show indefinitely. Make a living out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, she was so she was so not interested in doing that that she grew up very normally and eventually moved away and lived on a farm and got married and had a bunch of kids. Wow. She went on to have a perfectly normal happy Good for life. Her. Um and no more seizures. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> and no more seizures for her for the rest of her life. She was healthy and happy. Right, cuz she went to heaven to Cuz she fixed. went to heaven to get fixed and came back and now she's great. And that's the cure for epilepsy, everyone. <laughs> ah, just go to heaven and come I mean, back. I mean, switch bodies with a good switch ghost bodies with for, a good ghost for a little while, preferably somebody of the same name that is your next door neighbor. I Easy mean, if, if you can swing that. If you could just fit that into your schedule, and make sure they're good folks, because I can imagine otherwise they just like keep you in heaven for too long and like run around with your body you're like sorry um nope just a little bit of a little bit of a a weight on that we're gonna we're gonna like keep you up there i want to i want to hit thanksgiving maybe roll over through christmas let you get get those presents yep (laughs) and that's that's the end of the story wow it's uh the only happy possession story i have ever heard did she ever she was just normal after that? She was just normal after that. She would go back to visit her parents. Uh, she'd say hello to the Venom family. Or, no, sorry, the Roth family, the other one. Because she's a Venom now. <laughs> she's a Venom now. Laurency is back. So, you know, she. but she was fine and not interested in spiritualist stuff. And um, if she did do anything weird after that, she pretty much kept it to herself. There was no Laurency. I mean, um... Mary Roth visits? Not that I saw, not that I could confirm, although I have heard that she could, like, switch back to Mary as an adult sometime, but I couldn't, I couldn't confirm it. Okay. It sounded too weird for me, so. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird enough just with the first possession. We don't need a <laughs> it's all changing right. personality card trick. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, uh, Laurency and Mary, or Mary and Mary. If the you will. Of two Marys. The Watsika Wonder. Wow. You can still visit uh, the Watsika Wonder house. They've recently refurbished it. So next time that you're in Watsika. I don't know what else there is to do in Watsika, so you might as well. There's not much to not do much in Watsika. Not much to do in Watsika. No. Mm. A lot of fields. Corn. Fields of... And soybeans. And soy. Oh, that's, fascinating. That's it, though. So thank you for listening, everybody. Cool. <laughs> Yay! Uh, if you liked that story and want to hear more stories like it, uh, go ahead and go to iTunes, assuming you can find this episode. <laughs> uh, Whenever it shows up. 
rate us with some stars, give us a little review, that would really help us out. If you want to suggest a topic that you'd like to hear me talk about, go ahead and uh, shoot me an email. Because our ideas are going to run out someday. Hey, uh, shoot me an email at morbidmomentpodcast at gmail.com. Ding! <laughs> um, and since we'd uh, like to start doing a little, little bit of a feel-good segment at the end of these episodes... Red. Oh, yeah. Would you like to tell us about Kazoo? Yeah, um, I figured that the first thing we should probably mention, mm-hmm. and it's not like uh, we'd planned this beforehand. This or, is very or, unplanned. And, well, in Kazoo, it's not like Kazoo's like, hey, give us a give us a shout out. I oh, actually, yes. they actually have no idea. That... They have no idea that we <laughs> exist. We just like Kazoo. <laughs> um, but yeah, our little wonderfully professional kazoo melody intro mm-hmm. is done on a kazoo from kazoo magazine hooray which is um at this at this point in time a new uh budding magazine for young girls full of really cool stuff so if you are or know of a girl that likes stuff <laughs> <laughs> smart stuff and um you know uh, you know good um Smart girl stuff. All about, is it all about encouraging young women to yeah, be it's, awesome? Yeah, and... it's a magazine for girls full of, like, stuff that's not just, you know, Barbies and shoes. Very awesome. Yeah, and I got their kazoo through um, their Kickstarter campaign. Which they successfully yep. uh, finished. They, they successfully funded. Their um, their issues are live now. You can find them online. Yay! And yeah, I suggest to check them out because they're really cool. Awesome, and there is uh, nothing wrong with um, we c- we can use all of the pro women stuff we can get. So Kazoo yeah. magazine, <laughs> check them out. Yes, they're cool beans. <laughs> well, I, think, I, I think that's it. I guess we can outro now. All right, I'm Stick. That's Red. Toki, the sound guy, is around here somewhere. Remember to stay morbid, everybody. Uh, you should. I'm still you, trying it. As I say, you're you're. You're missing her big cheesy smile. I have a big cheesy smile. Stay morbid. I, I like it. Finger guns. I think I like it. All right. Uh, that's it. We'll uh, talk to you guys in a couple of weeks, and hopefully iTunes will start updating our feed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. In the meantime, see ya. Bye.